what can you do when you find yourself in a bit of a rut? Sports psychologist and author Craig Manning will be joining us in the studio today, helping us come up with some tricks, tools, and methods to help you break out of what life's got you in. It's coming up today on the Matt Townsend Show. Good afternoon, I'm Katie Jarvis with Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio News. Hundreds of animals owe their lives to a pilot who has dedicated his life to saving theirs. At shelters across America, dogs, cats, and other animals face the prospect of death in shelters. But Jeff Bennett has now saved a thousand of them through a special program called Pilots and Paws. He volunteers airtime to fly shelter animals to foster homes. It's a great feeling. I mean, knowing that these dogs probably wouldn't be here um, another weekend. The group has hundreds of volunteer pilots around the country, but Bennett is special because he is only one of two to rescue a thousand or more animals. It's been about three and a half years or so that I've been flying for them. Private pilots have been volunteering their time for the group since 2008. I'm Diane Kepley. The emotional toll of a heart attack can be so severe that an estimated one in eight patients who survive develop post-traumatic stress disorder, and the condition doubles the risk of dying of a second heart attack. A recent study says that while it has been known a heart attack affects both physical and mental health, most doctors and patients were not aware that the emotional stress of a life-threatening heart attack could develop into full-blown PTSD. The disorder more typically affects combat veterans and victims of violent crimes, but it can be particularly dangerous in heart patients who live with constant fear of their own bodies. And Hollywood will stop shipping motion pictures on film next year and will go completely digital instead. At the Majestic Theater in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, the movies still play on big reels of celluloid film. But the screens could go dark at small-town cinemas across the country. John Fithian of the National Association of Theater Owners. The onset of sound was a big deal. When we converted to color, that was big. But digital cinema is bigger than that, requiring new projectors, servers. Jeffrey Gable runs the Majestic. $125,000 for this small town. Some theaters may close. The Majestic is vowing to keep the movies playing by fundraising. Lee Powell, Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. A new Louisiana law requires convicted sex offenders and child predators to reveal their status on social networking sites. Having failed to ban such offenders from websites like Facebook and Google+, state lawmakers instead decided sex offenders should be required to notify the online community of their presence in the same way they must notify a neighborhood when they move in. And if offenders fail to abide by the law, they face up to 10 years in prison. And that's the news. This is Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I'm Katie Jarvis. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Matt Townsend. Your relationship coach, your life coach on this show, doing what we can every single day to uh, lift your life a little bit, give you the tools, the ideas, the skills, solutions, insight, anything we can to help you and your loved ones grow healthy, happy relationships and a happier, healthier life. Welcome to the show, everybody. I think we got a doozy for you. A great topic that uh, is just, it's going to, it plays out in every part of your life. Okay. Have you ever been in this mode 
where you just felt stuck. You couldn't even think your way out of it, okay? You couldn't necessarily change. Maybe it's because you order the same ice cream every time you go. You order the same meal at a restaurant. You just, you never try anything new. You're in this rut. It's so bad. You're tired of going. If you have to have another Big Mac combo, you're going to kill yourself. And then you think to yourself, well, aren't there other restaurants than McDonald's? And you still don't go because for some crazy reason, you are stuck in a rut. That's what we're talking about on the show today. How do you get out of a slump? How do you get out of, how do you get out of the rut that uh, is slowly plaguing you and your life, your thinking? As a relationship coach in my um, you know, program in my, uh, at work where I work with couples and people, I can't tell you. How often I see people just stuck in their own thinking and their own fears and their own insecurities and their sense of inadequacy and their disbelief that they can have anything different or be different. So if you feel stuck, today is your day. Will you grab the people you love, bring them to the, um, bring them to the radio and start listening because we are going to be bringing on an expert an author, a speaker, a professional sports psychologist. He's played pro sports. He's coached collegiate sports. And uh, just an incredible guy, uh, Dr. Craig Manning, will be joining us. He'll be giving us some insight on that. Now, where this topic came up, interestingly, or I guess where we we beat the dead horse the most, was uh, in a meeting we had with my producers. Now, again, I'm at Brigham Young University with some of the finest, talented, um, young students slash professionals that exist, and we were sitting around a room, and I made this crazy comment about maybe what we need to start doing is is uh, is having everybody kind of go on a date, and then you need to come back and report to old Grandpa Matt about your dates, because I was worried that they're not dating. Actually, I wasn't even worried. I just threw it out there. Um, and holy cow, you would think that I had just, uh, I don't know, I don't know. Hit hit them with lightning because the whole room lit up. So these are my producers usually that are sleeping or throwing balls around the room. And um, all of a sudden it, they went off and they started telling me one by one, story by story, the scary, scary stories of their dating life. And some of the some of them seem like ruts, but some of it is just they're burnt out. They're tired of dating to the point that they you know what? I needed somebody to escort me to my car. That's how scary this was. They were um, they were not necessarily happy. And so I wondered if that's not a rut. There's a ton of pressure to get married at Brigham Young University, not just to get married, but to move on. Okay, you can't stay at school the rest of your life. And um, these guys are all super talented, super funny, tons of personality. And you know what? They're just tired, flat out not wanting to do it. And so I decided that's where we're going to go with the show. We're going to talk about how we get out of a slump, and I'm going to bring them in one by one, and we're going to have them one by one talk to our expert, Dr. Craig Manning, and we're going to figure out if we can't get these guys married by the end of the show. That is our goal. No, none of them are laughing. I don't even dare look at the producer's booth because they're scaring me. No, that's not where we're going with it. We are going to give them ideas and tools, of course, but you know what? This is everywhere. Oh, now they're mad. Okay. Corinne, settle down. Um, We are going to be unleashing the expert and trying to see if you can't get out of your rut. So be thinking about it. Where are you stuck? Are you stuck in a relationship that honestly you just need to let go and you don't, you can't, you won't, 
go there? Are you stuck in a career where you think if I have to go do this job one more time, I am going to lose it? Because if you're stuck in a career, you know what? This is your show. If you're stuck wearing the same clothes or the same kind of clothes or all of your clothes are the same color, uh, apparently I have a lot of blue shirts because I was looking through all of my pictures on my Facebook page and all of my shirts appear to be blue. Um, So I need to get out of that rut. If you're stuck eating the same food, if you can't go to bed except at the same time every night, are you stuck in a rut? Now, it may not be a rut if you enjoy it, but if it's affecting your health, you, my friend, may be in a rut. Uh, We could do the whole you might be a redneck thing, too, but we're not going to go there. We're only going to talk about you might be stuck in a rut if you can't progress, if you're not getting the results you want, if you don't feel like you're in the sense of flow where you feel like you're in optimal experience. We're going to be bringing in our expert, Craig Manning, to talk about that. But first and foremost, we know that life is tough, right? We know that ruts in our life are are inevitable. Everybody has a slump. Here's Ben Wagner uh, on what baseball players can teach us about how to get out of a slump. Slumps. It's impossible to go through life without falling into one. Writers, housewives, athletes, uh, radio producers love life. We all find ourselves in those periods when the up and down roller coaster track of life has hit a lull. Every discipline has their version. For writers, it's writer's block, and some of the greatest writers of all time have suffered from it. After writing his masterpiece, In Cold Blood, Truman Capote never published another significant piece of literature, instead going through a 19-year writing slump, dying before he could finish his novel, Answered Prayers. And after writing For Whom the Bell Tolls, Ernest Hemingway suffered a decade-long case of writer's block. And on a more positive note than Capote, Hemingway did get out of his slump, eventually publishing The Old Man in the Sea, which incidentally went on to win the Pulitzer Prize. As impossible as it may seem when you're stuck in one, it is possible to break out of a slump. Baseball players deal with this all the time. Last season, my Atlanta Braves all-star second baseman Dan Ugla started off the season with the worst slump of his career. Ugla, a 260 career hitter, was hitting 173 on July 4th. On July 5th, Ugla broke out of that slump, embarking on a 33-game hitting streak, the longest such streak of last season, and the 19th longest hitting streak in baseball history. Now, the causes of these slumps can be a puzzling existential question, but even more frustrating is what causes us to get out of them. When asked what caused him to slump and how he broke out of it, Ugla said, it's hard to put a finger on it. What is certain is that slumping has a psychological snowball effect. The longer you slump, the more you think about it. The more you think about it, the worse the slump gets. Major league hitters in the midst of a slump have been found sobbing at their locker after games. Players say that a slump becomes all-consuming. You can't sleep, you can barely eat. You don't even want to get up to bat because all you can think about is your pitiful batting average. Most major league players do agree that the only way to get out of a slump is hard work. Going through a slump is inevitable, but by hard work, hitters do come out of it. Hank Aaron said that my motto was always to keep swinging. Whether I was in a slump or feeling badly or having trouble off the field, the only thing to do was keep swinging. Now, for the rest of us who aren't major league hitters, life isn't a whole lot different. Slumps are inevitable, but pushing through, continuing to work is the surest way to get out of it. And without the slumps, we can't appreciate the streaks. For Braves fans, Dan Ugla's 33-game hitting streak, the longest in franchise history, was made even more special by its Phoenix-like quality, arising out of the ashes of his three-month slump. As Kareem Abdul-Jabbar once said, you can't win unless you learn how to lose. 
Excellent work. It takes the bad, I guess, to understand the good, right? It takes the uh, slump, maybe, to to see how lucky you are to really be in a position to um, take it to the next level. We all have them. We all have slums. Interesting thing is I was finishing uh, my doctoral um, dissertation. Here I had written 200 pages, done an entire study on a program, exhausted myself in studying this one subject, and then they asked me to write a simple abstract of my 200-page dissertation, and I was in such a slump I could not write a 300-word abstract. It killed me and literally took me a week because just psyching myself up to get there. It's not just hunkering down, folks. It's not always just thinking harder or working harder. If you're in a slump, maybe it takes uh, losing a few things, maybe a little fear, maybe maybe losing a little um, of yourself sometimes helps you get out of the slump. We are going to be bringing in Dr. Craig Manning after this break, sports psychologist extraordinaire who's going to help all of us get out of our slumps or potential slumps. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. If home energy bills these days are making you see red, Stay tuned to hear about a NASA-derived technology that could paint those blues away. This is Innovation Now. In the mid-1990s, David Page of Merritt Island, Florida, formed a company called Tech Traders Incorporated. His goal was to create an effective and environmentally friendly method for insulating homes. And he used space technology to do just that. With the help of NASA's Technology Transfer Program, the company worked with engineers at NASA and other partners to develop a special paint additive called Insulad. Based in part on technology used for the paint on shuttle booster rockets, the product turns ordinary house paint into heat-reflecting thermal paint. The powdery additive is made up of microscopic ceramic spheres that form a radiant heat barrier when dry. The product is designed to be mixed with any off-the-shelf paint to help hold heat in, reflect heat away, and resist moisture buildup. According to tech traders, Insulad is particularly well-suited for use on metal buildings, cold storage facilities such as walk-in coolers and freezers, and mobile or modular homes. I guess you can say that even though paint with Insulad comes in a myriad of different colors, it's still always green. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA. What song changed my life? There are a lot of songs that have changed my life. It's a totally brutal question to try and answer. Every musician has that one song that changed their life. Join Tony Award winner Lea Salonga, American Idol finalist Brooke White, and more of your favorite artists as they explore their lives before and after they heard that one song that changed everything. Watch The Song That Changed My Life, Monday nights at 7.30 on BYU-TV. Welcome back, everybody, to The Matt Townsend Show. you got to get yourself together. You're stuck in the middle of something, according to you two right there. Great song, um, and we are we're talking about how to get out of a rut and how to get how to take, kind of take your life back, increase your performance. We're with Dr. Craig Manning, who is a sports psychologist, 
uh, really an amazing kind of bio. He's gone through – has a master's degree and a doctorate degree from the University of Utah, which is one of the better – best sports programs I've heard in the uh, <laughs> world. No, I don't know. It's pretty good though. And then the neatest thing about uh, Dr. Manning is he's actually played – tennis at a collegiate and pro level, and he's coached BYU's women team for over a decade. Now, you're no longer coaching, are you? No, not really. Coaching my own kids. That's good, though, isn't it? It's fun. Doing what matters most now. That's right. (laughs) That's awesome. And he's now also, and this is uh, one of the reasons we wanted him on, then this is the greatest compliment, I think. Um, Craig has published a book called The Fearless Mind that I I got it. I heard about the book. I have a son who's 17. And he loves sports, everything about sports, but wants to be a sports psychologist. Mm. And as somebody that is kind of in that industry, I'm like, oh, really? Maybe you ought to just be an accountant. <laughs> and he doesn't want to go there. But he's read your book. He loves it. In fact, he's so sad that he's not here. But he, you know what? When I told him you were going to be here, he thought, oh, my hero. So, Craig, you're making a difference with these youngins anyway. I know you're a great father. Um, tell us what – okay, how did you get in, other than just the sports side, playing sports, being an athlete, what drew you into the psychological side of sports? Uh, honestly, because I was struggling myself. I, I thought I had tremendous potential, and I know I was training hard, and, and, uh, uh, but I just kept getting beating myself up and getting in those cycles, those yeah. ruts, as you were talking about. And, and back where I'm from in, in Canberra, Australia, uh, there's a guy called Jeff Bond there, and he had just worked with Pat Cash and helped Pat Cash win Wimbledon. Oh, yeah. I remember that. You remember that? Yeah, totally. So I went in and saw him when I was uh, 16 years of age, and and it just had such an imprint on me. I just love – I've always been fascinated by the mind and mm-hmm. why people do the things they do, and, and I love sports. And so that combination was – It uh, worked. From the time I was 16, I always wanted to you know, be a sports psych. So. Isn't it interesting that you're um – this sports metaphor, we always joke about it. It's a metaphor of life. Right. But really, you being stuck in a thought – I guess is it a thought pattern that we get stuck in when we get in these ruts? What is it that keeps an athlete or even just a housewife or yeah. a, you know, a businessman or somebody – what keeps us from seeing our problem and just moving on and getting over it and getting out of it? You know, it's interesting. It's so, it seems like we get – Focus on the wrong things. Mm-hmm. We set the wrong goals or we don't set goals and uh, we're directing all our energy. It, it's the law of attraction. You right. know, if we put the wrong things out there, we're going to head in the wrong direction. And then we get in these cycles and we just keep repeating um, what not to do, what's wrong. And it's occupying the mind and and we continue to head down this path even though that's not really where we want to go. Yeah. And, and uh, it's so interesting to me. I've seen so many people get in this cycle and not know how to get out and others telling them more match play or more yeah. time. It doesn't – you've got to make sure you're practicing the right things. Yeah. I, I love this saying. Practice doesn't make perfect. Practice makes permanent. Oh, interesting. Hence, you need to make sure you're practicing the right things but mentally we, oh, as well see, as that's physically. That's so not – you know, practice makes perfect. You just got to work on it, son. Just yeah. work on it. But working on a negative thought – and it makes it worse. And it, yeah, it makes it much more permanent. Yeah. Then you can't get out of something that is really not that hard to get out of if you could just – you would naturally shift out of it unless I guess you kept bringing yourself back to that thought. Yeah, it's – well, research shows you can work hard for years, even decades and not even get better at all because if you're always working on what you're doing wrong, right. you're perpetuating the mistake. We've got to stop that pattern 
you know, as a as a mental strength coach, I'm constantly trying to help people to focus on the skills of what they need to do. So right. I'm always trying to help them to acquire mental and emotional skill sets that that keep them out of that cycle in the first place right. or specifically helping them to have skills to pull themselves out once they get in. So many people work on the physical and they don't acquire these skills that are critical to help maximize that physical talent they already have. That's amazing. See, I've always wondered about that mm. because um, I play tennis but not you know, really competitively. But um, <laughs> as I sit there and I think like a second serve on a game point mm-hmm. – is a big deal. Yeah. Especially for me. Getting the second serve in is a very big deal. But I'm thinking, do you remember um, Michael Chang's right. underhand uh-huh. shot? Against at, Yvonne Lendl. Against Yvonne Lendl. Where, when was that? At uh, the French Open. Crazy. Yeah. So he breaks all the myths. Like, uh-huh. you don't underhand hit a ball uh-huh. and took everyone by surprise. But that took some serious nerve. Because he wasn't – it's not like he was having bad serves. That's not what his problem was. He just was tricking Yvonne, right? Yeah. I think by that point, Yvonne Lendl was so beat down mentally and he was in that cycle. It really didn't matter. Um, Michael Chang throwing in something different just threw him off, threw him off his rhythm and one of the, the oh, best no. tennis players of all time broke down just right collapsed. there in front of this 16-year-old teenager he broke down in front of. Uh, yeah. Now, think of that. That's the mental game. I mean if you're not strong there in tennis, that's obvious. But this all comes back – to us, even to my producers in their dating life, huh? Right. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's so interesting how the more you focus on what not to do, the more that becomes yeah. your reality. Um, I've had players right here at BYU that that are on the starting team and they get to the free throw line and they're thinking, please don't miss. Oh, don't miss this. I'll, if I blow this? Yeah. And there's uh-huh. a reason why they're being sent to me. They weren't making too many. Yeah. Uh, I had a football player here at BYU for four years. He had four season-ending season ending injuries. When he came in to me, he had one year of eligibility left. He came in, and his goal was to not get hurt. Uh, Can you see how that's perpetuating? Totally. So I helped him to refocus on the right goals, to yeah. refocus on what he needed to do. That year was the first year he played every game, was all conference. To this day, he plays linebacker for the Green Bay Packers. Un- but with one year. Just it's amazing. He'd lost all his dreams. He'd given up on yeah. his dreams. He'd, he'd lost all sense of hope that all he wanted to do was just be healthy. If I could just survive this yeah. year. And just helping him to acquire some fundamental mental skills. He's He always had the talent. Mm-hmm. He was working hard. We just needed to get rid of the interference. And here he is. Linebacker for the Green Bay Packers. Unbelievable, and yeah. it's it, so it's it is doable. And when we come, we're going to have a break. But when we come back from a break, we're going to get into the. I want you to give us the real tool set. Like, what are the skills? What are some things that we can be mm-hmm. doing? Even we'll have everybody just be thinking about it because we're not going to go to break yet. But be thinking about something you want to fix, a, mm-hmm. a rut you're in that we can maybe break, yep. and then we'll have you kind of guide us through some of that. Love it. Where um, where else do you see this being applied? I know you have also do a lot of work with businessmen and business mm-hmm. people that are, that are stuck in ruts. What are the common ruts we get into that are non-sports related? You know, music, memory slips, any sort of – you know, these are mental and emotional skills. Yeah. So it doesn't matter where it is. Um, parenting, uh, here's a good example. My son who is – I love to death – He's very Australian. <laughs> and so he has this she'll be right mate. It's all good. It'll take care of itself so mentality. Good. Yeah. And one day uh, he was supposed to clean his room 
um, before he goes and plays and he doesn't and, and he comes back and I meet him in the back door and I'm like, you didn't do this, you didn't do that, you didn't do this, you didn't do that, just beating him down yeah. and he just slouches his shoulders and kind of mopes away and I was thinking, what am I doing to my own son? Yeah. I'm beating him down. Right. Oh, rut. Yeah. A parenting rut. Yeah, and I, I'm not sure what time we have, but We've got I, I like what I did instead. I realized this, and instead we got to be one of the the most famous pieces of research is from Pavlov. Mm-hmm. Most people have heard of Pavlov's dog. 1890 positive reinforcement accelerates growth. Yeah. Negative reinforcement, though, this is the key thing. So positive reinforcement accelerates the growth. Negative reinforcement, the behavior keeps growing. Because you're oh, still reinforcing it. strengthens it. the rut. It reinforces the rut. Because it occupies the mind. Mm-hmm. It occupies the space in your mind when you tell them what not to do. So instead, what I should be doing with my son is, buddy, um, good job here, good job here, good job here, but I need you to do a better job here. Huge. Telling him what I want him uh-huh. to do, what I need him to do, not breaking him down what he's not doing. And it literally shifts them to a whole other it shifts. It shifts them to the options. Yeah. Now we're talking options, directions, other skills. things we can do. Exactly. You're giving them skills. You're giving them tasks. You're giving them direction. Yeah. And it's amazing. The human being is screaming out for direction, but we spend our life constantly telling ourselves and others what we're not doing. Yeah. Instead of what we need to do. How many times in, in management? How many times do you just see kind of like the um, the structures they have set up? Or the, um, the – like I remember going to a new hire orientation where they sat there in the first five minutes and told me everything not to do in the company or I'd be fired. Mm. And I'm sitting there thinking, why are you telling me how you'll fire me? <laughs> yeah. Like don't – I didn't even think of any of your junk. Now yeah. you're like – you're giving me ideas. Yeah. Stop it. But it's like we do. We reinforce the whatnots. Yeah, the do. law of attraction, law of occupied space. Think about this. Learning from our mistakes – in my experience, learning from our mistakes is the path to mediocrity because every time we focus on our mistakes, we're perpetuating what we did wrong and then we're correcting that adjustment. So we're constantly in this cycle of adjusting to what we do wrong. That's huge. What we first need to do is what's three things, what are we doing well first and then look at what we can do better. Capture all the best practices. Yeah. What's working? That's interesting because think of that. Don't drop the ball. Don't drop the ball. Don't drop the ball. Don't drop the ball. You only know one thing. Yep. Don't drop the ball. Don't hit the ball in the water. What do you <laughs> yeah. do? Don't Darn do this. It. Don't do that. Stop. Don't drink Dr. Pepper. Yeah. Don't. The don't, don't, don't. Even in our marriages, we start, yeah. you know, we start focusing on what our spouse isn't doing for us. That's so true. They're not doing this. They're not doing that. They're not doing this. And that's occupies that space Mm -hmm. and before we know it we're getting divorced because all we see our reality becomes what we're not getting from that relationship there's a great quote that says when you live out of the uh the past you're bound to that which is infinite or finite when you live out of the future you're bound to that which is infinite yeah when you live out of what you do wrong it's finite it's done it's already done and i love that there's there's infinite potentiality like if you're supposed to play catch you can either think about not dropping the ball, mm-hmm. but there's infinitely other things you could do to catch a ball. There's a thousand other ways to get that ball, right. and there's one thing not to do, which is drop it. But we get stuck on the one thing not to do instead of the infinite others, which we could succeed in 80% of Absolutely. them. Absolutely, Isn't that powerful? See, I love that. So, so what I do for a living and, and at the company I work for, Griffin Hill, we're a human and organizational performance company. We spend our whole time 
taking science and figuring out how to apply and and coming up with skills so people know what they need to do. So we're constantly occupying space with skills, tasks, and actions, which completely squeeze out all of the negative doubts and the reactive avoidance um, mentalities and culture within organizations. It's powerful. That is powerful. It's amazing what we've seen happen. Well, and I've seen some of your clients. I've seen – I've just seen it is. It, it makes a big difference. It also – it must drive you crazy to watch some Little League coaches. <laughs> Can you even uh, handle like sitting through a practice or do you get to a point where you're uh, – Yeah, man, that's a tough It subject, probably makes you want to coach, doesn't it? When I, I still coach a couple of kids, in particular my kids, but when I'm around tennis courts, it's hard because all you ever hear coaches is – don't do this, yeah. don't do that, don't do this, yeah. don't do that. And you know that kid's never learning anything. Mm-hmm. It's just all he's been told is what not to yeah, do. Repetition, repetition, yeah. So even at, he, he, this kid is going to be have a wealth of knowledge of what not to do, but he'll have no idea what he needs to do. That's so true. And, you know, th- these kids are not going to get better. We're going to – I want to come back cause, and, and talk about this, Craig, because I want you to give us some insight too. Because even as a father, I'll do that all the time. I'll do exactly what you just did. Why didn't you do your room? Why, why didn't you show up to work today? Why didn't you – and um, what, how do we break that rut ourselves? Mm-hmm. How do we start doing that? What are some of the other things? I also want you to get into fear. Because yeah. it seems like a lot of our lack of progress is a lack of skills. And some of it seems also just fear. Fear of success, fear of failure, fear of change, fear of everything. So we'll come back to that. We're talking to Dr. Craig Manning, sports psychologist and uh, author of the book, The Fearless Mind. Really, I suggest you check it out. It's a great read if you want to truly change your life. We'll be back after this break, everybody, right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Here you are, Polly, my latest culinary creation. Mmm, these fish fillets look wonderful. They are. I just used a small amount of a vegetable oil that's low in saturated fat. Does that matter? It does. Oils like canola, corn, and olive mainly contain monounsaturated and polyunsaturated fats, and they can help reduce bad cholesterol in your blood and lower your risk of heart disease and stroke. How do you know? The American Heart Association told me at heart.org slash face the fats. Canola Info proudly supports the American Heart Association's Face the Fats campaign. Rise up and become a corporate sponsor of Cougar Sports on BYU Radio and BYU TV. For information, call 801-422-1448 or email corporate support at byu.edu. Go Cougars! Good afternoon, I'm Katie Jarvis with Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio News. Commerce Secretary John Bryson has resigned his post two weeks after a bizarre series of car crashes in California. Bryson was found unconscious behind the wheel of his car, and his office said he'd suffered a seizure. At first, the 68-year-old former utility executive went on medical leave. But now, in a letter to President Obama, he says the seizure could become a distraction. Soon after accepting the resignation, Obama met with Bryson in the Oval Office. To thank him for his service, to thank him for uh, the months he spent as Commerce Secretary. That's spokesman Jay Carney. Bryson's deputy, Rebecca Blank, will serve as acting secretary for now, and just months before Election Day, it's unclear if Obama will name a new one. Mark Smith at the White House. The White House says it's open to negotiation on Attorney General Eric Holder's contempt citation over the Fast and Furious probe, but not if Republicans just want to score political points. 
Press Secretary Jake Carney says there's a deal to be had if the GOP drops its politically motivated, taxpayer-funded, election-year fishing expedition. A House panel cited Holder for failing to turn over documents on Fast and Furious, the attempted gun-running sting that instead flooded Mexico with weapons. The full House is set to vote next week. The president's asserted executive privilege, saying he's protecting his branch of government's independence. It is not something that the president takes lightly. He does it because it is his responsibility. Republicans say Obama wouldn't be doing that if there isn't something to hide. Mark Smith at the White House. And the Senate has passed a five-year, half-trillion-dollar farm bill. The yeas are 64, the nays are 35. This clearly is... um, a great day for American agriculture. With a four-vote margin, the Senate defied predictions and approved the measure, winning praise from both sides of the aisle. GOP Senator Mike Johans. We haven't seen this kind of reform in a long, long time. The Senate bill now goes to the House where deep cuts in the food stamp program have been proposed and are opposed by Democratic Senator Debbie Stabenow. The level that passed by the, the House in their budget resolution is absolutely unacceptable. The food stamp program amounts to about 80% of spending in the farm bill. Diane Kepley, Washington. If Norwegian prosecutors get their way, no one will be held criminally responsible for the deaths of 77 people in a bomb and shooting rampage. Even though self-styled anti-Muslim militant Anders Bering Brevik insists he is sane and that he carried out the attacks for political reasons, prosecutors said in closing arguments today that doubts about his mental state mean he should be sent to an institution instead of prison. Ultimately, it is up to the Oslo District Court to decide whether Brevik is criminally insane while presents its ruling after the trial ends tomorrow. Either way, the 33-year-old Norwegian will likely be locked up for most, if not all, of his life. And that's the news. This is Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I'm Katie Jarvis. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We're talking with Craig, Dr. Craig Manning, sports psychologist and uh, really author of The Fearless Mind. Great, great individual. And before we get to Craig, though, I wanted to bring up another sports metaphor or analogy. Now, we all know that England isn't very good at winning wars, <laughs> at least with the United States. But uh, what about their soccer matches? Here is our correspondent, Corinne Collins, uh, who is talking about the English defeatist mentality in sports and how a little faith can go a long way. It's summer 2012. I'm sitting in a classroom with what feels like a hundred other people, and we're all crowded around a television screen. We've got flags, hats and face paint all representing our country as we sit watching England play Brazil in the World Cup. The lead-up to the match had been tense. There was much discussion about whether England could beat these football giants, even though England's team was and still is ranked one of the best in the world. But Brazil had Ronaldinho, had won the World Cup four times, and they outranked us. Plus, England had only won the World Cup once, in 1966. It was a big day for us all. Things started off well. Michael Owen scored and put England ahead, but only to be followed by an equaliser from Rivaldo at the end of the first half. And then what turned out to be the winner by Ronaldinho in the 50th minute. After that, we knew it was all over. And it seemed like the players knew it too. You see, England has this thing about losing. We're really good at it. For years, my dad, Big Tone, 
and various other sports commentators have maintained that England has a complex when it comes to sport. We just cannot win, especially not against Brazil, Argentina, or even worse, Germany. Why? Because we don't believe we can. It happens with football, cricket, tennis. The entire country gathers together to support our teams. The teams go out and underperform, and it all ends in tears. But the weird thing is that we invented half of these sports. How is it that we created football, then taught everyone how to play it better than us? I don't have the answer to that question, but I do know that ahead of England's European Championship quarter-final match with Italy, they're going to have to step it up. You see, it's not a slump. We're just defeating ourselves before we even set foot on the pitch. I mean, field. And that's more than half the battle. Because England doesn't believe that they can win, we won't, no matter how good we look on paper. And I guess this relates to life in general. If we don't believe we can achieve something, we don't give it 100%. In fact, we might not even try half the time. We psych ourselves up before we even step on the field. So, don't be like England. Have a little faith in yourself. Good stuff, Corinne. Don't be like England. Did you just say that? Oh, how dare you. You just badmouth the mother country. We, uh, we love those uh, featurettes by Corinne Collins. And now we're going to go back to Dr. Craig Manning, who's going to help us break our own slumps. And uh, so, Craig, here's the deal. I want you to imagine you're talking to a bunch of people that right now in their brain have got their slump. They know, they know what their problems are. Well, they don't really. They just know they can't do something, which is probably where most people start, right? They know what they can't do. Where would you start with us? Where would you start coaching us to get out of our slump? So let's say I have a producer that uh, doesn't want to date and is in a dating slump, hypothetically. Okay. Or let's say, I had, let's say I had seven of them, <laughs> okay. for example. <laughs> um, where would you begin when somebody's stuck in a thought mm-hmm. that isn't working? They, know it, they, even, they may even know it doesn't work. They may even know they need to date. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, and that's just one example. But where do you begin to start to get out? The first mental skill I work with with anybody is I want them to what I call it a can-do mentality. It's called in psychology an approach. You want to approach life. In athletics, we call it playing to win. It's focusing on what you need to do, what you want to do in contrast to an avoidance mentality instead of yeah. focusing on all the things of what's wrong and what not to do. Uh, dating, for example, you go through this cycle where it just seems like uh, nothing really pans out right. and you end up creating this reality where everything's bad and all you see is what's wrong. All you see is what happened in that relationship in that date. Um, instead, we've got to focus first on the positives. We've got to focus on what we need to do, what we can do and keep trying to figure out – because dating is a game. Yeah. It's a game, and you just simply need to play it really well. But what if the others don't play it right? What if they play in such a way that they really affect your game? See, and that, that, to me, I love that because you're right. So hence, uh, I've got a friend. I've got a guy right now that's struggling with it, especially here and where we happen to live. He's struggling with the whole way this, it, it plays out. Yeah. And I said to him, it's a game. You've got to play it. You've got to play it better than they do. Interesting. You've got to be excellent at yeah. You've got to be excellent at focusing on what you need to do and what works for you and, and basically positioning yourself so that I you're occupying that. that space. I call it I call it going on offense versus being on the defense. So exactly. that once you're kind of beat down, you stay on the defense and you just keep you only feel like all you have to do is all I always have to hit the ball back wherever you send it. Yeah, you're reacting, uh-huh. aren't you? Yeah. But there's a whole other side of this. Then, yeah. Well, then you put it where you want it. Yeah, it's the law of opposition. I love it. Instead of being acted upon, 
You want to start acting. Figure out what you need to do. So in football, I work with offensive linemen a lot, and there's some plays where they're protecting the quarterback, pass, rush. Um, So they're backing up. So the very nature of physically backing up gets you in this defensive mentality. Um, But but I'm always helping them to be – uh, approach that to to make the first contact to even though you're backing up to still maintain that assertive mentality that can do mentality so we we got to keep believing it's that simple yeah we got to keep believing and keep focusing on what we need to do what we can do and not let ourselves get in these ruts of of what we're not doing what we can't do so that's the first that's huge and then you're being lived and then and it perfectly fits the story you need yeah because now the story is see See, yeah. I can't even there. I can't even get up fast enough to, you know, not get crushed. Right. It's interesting. Okay. Then what? So the first one um, is have the can do. Know can, that you're responsible. You're an agent. Yeah. You need to go act. And so, and, and just to finish that one up, I I would straight away everybody I work with start looking for the times that you focus on what you need to do, what you can do, and count those. What they'll find is it's amazing how often they say, I don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, I can't do this. Um, So I get them to focus on what they can do. Now the next skill is living in the present. You talked about this before. And and, and you'd mentioned fear. Mm -hmm. Fear originates in the future. Right. Fear does not exist in reality. It doesn't exist in the moment. It's abstract. It's only out there in space. So all fear exists in the future. Anything that you're afraid of. It's the thought of what could happen in the future. Yeah, and anxiety is a is a symptom of fear. Um, guilt is one of the other most pre- prevalent motivators. Originates from the past. Right. And so, whenever we're in the past or the future, we're reacting. Um, we're, um, you know, in that space where we're not in control, where we feel like we're right. being acted upon. Right. Whereas in the moment, there is no fear. It's just reality. So the present is the antidote to anxiety and guilt. Yes. For fear and guilt. The great motivator is love. Mm-hmm. Living in the present, you need to learn to love life. You need to learn to love the challenge of life. And, and the symptom of love is is fun. When we're in the moment, it's dating is a game. It's yeah. fun, and you just got to play it well. And it's you try this, you try that, but you're not worrying about what could happen in the future. Yeah, you know what you're preparing for the future, but you're not worrying yeah. about it. And you're living in the now. And you've let go of all of the guilt of the past. And love it. You think about with dating, guilt originates from the past, and regret, frustration, and anger are all symptoms of guilt. How many people have got all this baggage from the past? From yeah bad experiences that they're allowing to impact them on the in the present and impacting uh, that dating experience now. Love it. That is huge. So fear. So if I'm sitting here and I'm afraid of changing my job, mm-hmm. I, I'm, you're saying I'm not afraid of the now. You're saying I'm afraid of the ramifications of the future. What could happen. What exactly. could happen. And, and yet I'm manifesting it right now. Exactly. Isn't that interesting? So what, what, so what I'm saying is you're afraid of losing your job or you're afraid of you're never going to get married, come back to the present, focus on what, and it comes right mm-hmm. back to the can do. What can I do now? Right now. Because in the present is where action exists. What can I do now to prepare for that? And if I can't do anything about it, let it go because now I'm busy occupying my mind with right. what I'm doing now. Right. It is amazing how much baggage oh, we yeah. let go of when we're in the present and we start engaging in life and yeah. creating the life we right. want. And how many times when I work with couples, 
you're not even fighting the present. You're in the present in a fight, but you're fighting the past uh-huh. or the future. Absolutely. What it was so and true, how horrible it? it was or what it's going to be. <laughs> so true. And so I, I sit there and try to figure out how do I get couples or people into uh-huh. the present yep. in a conversation in a real moment. But I never, it never dawned on me that my serve or my fear of this moment is the same thing. You think about in athletics. So all fear originates from the future. The biggest source of fear in athletics is winning and losing, which exists in right. the future. Right. That is the greatest source of interference with athletes. They're so afraid of what could happen in the future. Yeah. Or they're upset about mistakes in the past. Right. If I can discipline them to acquire the skill to live in the present. Here's an example that happened to me. I, I started working on this girl. I was suffering from migraines because I'm such an uh, analytical mm-hmm. and, and I think about things so much. Yeah. And my mind was always uh, worrying about things in the past, stressing about how that's going to affect me in the future, worrying about – so my mind was racing. Yeah. I started working on living in the present and it, it was just incredible how um, I started noticing things in life. <laughs> and I used to love – $6 burgers from Carl's Jr. My wife, who's a researcher, t- shows me some research showing that it is singularly the most unhealthy meal that you can eat. <laughs> I'll be quiet. So I said, I don't care. I yeah. eat for the psychological advantage. So I go there the next day and get my $6 burger. And I'm, I'm in my office at, at BYU and no athletes had gone by. Next thing I turn around, I'm like, where's my burger going? I'm looking everywhere and finally I see the, the package, the, the wrapper in the garbage bin. I'm like, wait, who ate my burger? <laughs> And all of a sudden I realized my mind was racing so much I didn't even know. You I ate. wasn't even paying attention you while I was eating You were present with your burger. So why eat it? Yeah, if right. It's that if you're not going to enjoy you, it now. Yeah, so many of us, that's the same with life. Life is passing us by and we're not even engaging in it in the moment. Isn't that interesting? So even when you're like rebuking your child yeah. for not doing their chores, yeah. you weren't even in that moment. Yeah. You were, like, you were like worried that if I don't teach him this lesson now, he'll be a drug addict in 20 years. So you're mad about something they did or you're stressed about them being a drug addict right. in the future. And then you're, you're emotionally reacting and you're not even really aware of what you're saying. That is – you know what? I hope as you're listening out there, that to me is life. We're, I mean there's drivers. There's guys, men driving, women driving truck right now out there that aren't even in the truck. Hmm. They're like – they're on their last vacation in their mind or they're actually anticipating how hard it's going to be to deal with the guy at the, the dock that he's going to have to unload all this the truck on. So how many times do we get stuck in the past or the future and we're just piddling away our present? Yeah. With not fear. engaging in life right now, not making the most of the moment. And no wonder we don't perform. Mm-hmm. You're not even here. Yeah. When we learn to be in the present, we can be very deliberate very exact in what we're choosing to do. Hence, we're squeezing out that chance in our life. We're squeezing out the doubts because we're being deliberate and conscious of what we're doing right here and now. Interesting. That's the Michael Chang effect. He must have been – he was so probably present to notice that Yvonne Lendl Mm -hmm. was breaking. Yeah. And then he thinks, hmm, how can I – what can I do? The can do. I love that. What can I do right now? I'm, I'm guessing Lendl's mind is in the past, oh, upset yeah. about what it had been. Oh, this is slipping away. Yep. That last call wasn't even right. Yeah. He's worrying about what this is going to – if I don't oh, – This will look bad. He cannot win to a, lose to a 16-year-old. But Chang is 16. He's not – he's so young. He probably is not even aware of the magnitude of love the moment. It. He's just so in the moment and just having fun, love just it. playing tennis and – before he knows, he's the youngest ever French Open champion. Isn't that interesting? And it and no wonder, seriously, there's your performance advantage, yep. being present. Yep. What if you're the only one in the room in the meeting 
even though there's 20 people there, what if you were actually present and asking the right questions at the right time? Uh-huh. There's your performance advantage. What yep. if you were the one that was present in the uh, – that's another one, a performance of piano, right? Like mm-hmm. they're always anticipating, oh, what if, I, what if I blow this recital? I don't want to blow it. This is my great audition. What if I blow it? They're all thinking future. I love that thought because in music I work with a, a professional pianist and, and one of her biggest fears is a memory slip. She yeah. says in athletics, memory slips is like choking in athletics. Yeah. So she's always so worried about the future. One, yeah. And I and I said to her, so when you do that, you've got so much anxiety, you're not tapping into knowledge of this content is in your mind. When you're worrying about the future, you're emotionally reacting. Yeah. And that's why you're more likely to have a memory slip. You've got to be in the present because in the present you can be aware that you're engaging the mind and that's where the knowledge is stored. That's where the performance is mastered. That's yeah. where the art, the gift, exactly. that's where the talents are yeah. powerful. Craig, interesting, amazing stuff quite honestly. Where um, where can they find more about you? Where can they get your book, The Fearless Mind? Where can they get information about you and your organization? Yeah, I, The Fearless Mind is uh, Amazon, yeah, Barnes & Noble. It's pretty much everywhere. Um, but the company I work for, Griffin Hill, we're a human and organizational performance company. We have put all of this training online, um, and the website is griffinhillathletics.com. People can go there and email. And and they can just name. get it and start watching it. They can start yep. – they, they don't need to come to a training. They are online, and they'll get this, this training. Yeah, I'm excited because I, we can now get all of this training out to – to as many people well, as they're That's the interested. goal, isn't it? Changing lives. Changing lives. That's Good right. stuff. Appreciate it. Dr. Craig Manning, Thank author you. of The Fearless Mind, and uh, so appreciate it. We're going to for sure need you back because there's, this group has a really hard time staying present. <laughs> so <laughs> we appreciate you. And again, check him out at Griffin Hill Athletics. Is it with an S? Athletics? Yeah, Griffin Hill Athletics. And um, just great opportunity. Now, we're going to come back after this break with more ideas, more tools for you on how to stay you know, present and get out of the rut. You're listening to the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Connect with Matt on BYU Radio's Facebook page and Twitter at BYU Radio. As the demand for worldwide energy increases, so does the need for technologies to fulfill those energy needs. One company is going deep below the ocean blue to find a solution. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. Energy demand across the globe is huge, and resources like oil and natural gas can have harmful effects on our planet. That's why many scientists are looking at ways to harness greener energy sources as we look toward the future. A Swedish company, Monesto, is diving into the challenge by developing the deep green underwater kite. The prototype kite consists of a wing with a turbine and a generator attached to the seabed by a tether. The ocean current flows past the turbine spinning the generator to create electricity. As the kite glides with the tide, the electricity is then transmitted onshore through a power cable inside the tether. Seawater being 800 times denser than air can potentially generate much more energy than wind turbines, and the motion of the kite moving through the sea intensifies the power of the ocean current, so the device can work effectively even in slower water. The kites promise low weight and low cost, adding to their energy efficiency. That makes the idea a serious contender for sustainable, renewable energy. For Innovation Now, this is Crystal Browning. 
Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. This Tuesday on Audiophiles, veteran indie rock band Lowe elaborates on their 20-year musical career building on the developing slow core genre using their slow-paced, beautiful vocal harmonies. Catch this episode Tuesday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on BYU-TV. We are the champions, right? you got to love Queen there. Um, appreciate so much Dr. Craig Manning coming in, giving us a little lift there. Now, um, and he tons of great ideas, uh, being present, having that can-do idea, the idea that you really are a force here. You're an agent. You don't need to just be acted upon. We, um, we wanted other ideas just uh, to make sure that you could all walk away with a bunch of tools. So we sent one of our intrepid producers to go out and find what people do when they find themselves in a rut. Yeah, one time a few years back, I was in a, just a rut. Um, in almost every sense of the word, I hated my job. I didn't like the place I was living. I didn't. Uh, I was just in a, a rut sort of all around, and my solution was I just hopped up and left. And I decided to go out of the country for a couple of months and study abroad, and it totally got me out of my rut. It was just sometimes up and moving to a new place absolutely got me out of my slump. Sometimes people get into feeling poorly about themselves. Sometimes it's because they're thinking too much about themselves and what they don't have. And when I find myself doing that, one of the things I do is try, anyway, to get my own mind in charge of itself and think about all the things that I do have or look for ways that I might do something for somebody else so that I don't. I turn the focus from myself to somebody else, and then that helps. Uh, that helps a bit. And the other thing is just you know, wait for tomorrow or the next day, and you know, things get better. One time I was in a rut and felt like I wasn't going anywhere. And then I was trying to think, you know, why was I in it, and how could I get out? And then it hit me that what I could do is just focus on a new goal. So I made a new goal and focused on it, and it got me out of the rut. And just working at it, and that's just what's exciting, is just having a goal and working towards accomplishing it. I think change of, changing the pace of things helps a lot. So if you're doing, if you have a routine, changing it up, um, doing some new things, getting outside of your comfort zone and trying things maybe you you tried before that worked, or maybe, or things that you think, I don't know, you talk to other people and they recommend things. Following people's recommendations always works for me. I thought about when you're out on a hike and you're really tired, sometimes the best thing to do is to quicken the pace. And you feel less tired and you start to walk faster. And even if you just literally quicken your pace in life, I mean literally, walk faster and you'll feel better. Excellent wisdom, truly is. I, uh, I I think it almost doesn't matter what you do. A lot of times um, to get out of the rut, just simply being different might might do that for you. There's a great um, sign at the um, the opening entrance to a wildlife preserve in uh, in Alaska, 
And the quote or the, the sign actually says, choose your rut carefully. You will be in it for hundreds of miles. And so one of the things I have found just working with humans, trying to deal with people that are trying to do better, is you really got to be careful for the rut you choose. Now, a rut is basically just a negative habit, right? And some quotes that we found about ruts um, are some of these. Here's one by Edith Wharton that says, Habit is necessary. It is the habit of habits of turning a trail into a rut that must be incessantly fought against if one is to remain alive. Uh, Interesting, maybe your livelihood is going to be based on your rut. Think of how many people have been in a slump of how they spend their money or how they save their money or they don't save their money. Um, It can really impact us over time if we're not paying attention to it. There's another great uh, quote that I I had read so many times. It goes like this, watch your thoughts. For your thoughts become your words. Watch your words, for they become your actions. Watch your actions, for they become your habits. Watch your habits, for they become your character. Watch your character, for it becomes your destiny. And interesting is uh, Dr. Manning was talking, our thoughts lead to so much of our problems that it eventually does impact our destiny. And interestingly, it even impacts our anxiety. It impacts our fears. It impacts our simple ability to progress. What if we could just today be more present? So I'm going to leave you with a challenge as you're going home, driving, uh, ready to you know get back to your family and um, have an evening. I want you to focus on being present and literally try to be in the moment. When you notice you're starting to have those thoughts that are leading you away or leading you to other fears or anxiety, just recognize them as such and uh, try something different. Throw something out there that might, that might um, really take you to the next level. Another great quote by Mary Smitch, Smitch says, Do one thing every day that scares you. What if you would literally scare yourself by being willing to be different? That could be incredibly powerful as well. Again, our thoughts matter and our, our recognizing when we're in a rut, when we're down. We've done a lot of shows lately about, uh, you know, the difficult things that, that sometimes our head and our mind can um, can do to us. Don't give up out there. So if, as you're driving and you're trying to, to just catch a breath in life, just know that there's other people around you. There are tools and ideas. That's the reason we do this show every single day is we want you to have the resources to take your life to the next level. And apparently, one of the greatest ways to increase your performance is simply starting to be part of it and starting to be present in your everyday life and and start intentionally living. Um, a challenge for you. I want you to go. I want you to go intentionally start to live. Think of one thing you're challenged with. Ask yourself, where might I be you know, losing it? Where am I doing well in this area? And start intentionally trying to do even better on the things you know you need to do. You don't necessarily have to find everything that's wrong in your day to improve it. That, hands down, is one of the best things I've ever learned, is most growth takes place from where you're healthy and happy and where it does work instead of where it doesn't. So start noticing for where it works and uh, and start telling other people around you where they're doing a great job. That might lift them up as well and hopefully get them out of a rut. Thanks for listening, everybody, to the show. Again, Monday through Friday, 5 o'clock Eastern time. It's replayed again. 
again at 7 o'clock on Eastern Time. The Matt Townsend Show, we're here for you. If you want to get information to us, give us a text or email at mattchat at byu.edu. Again, Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. KBYU-FM, HD2, Provo. The following is a production of BYU Broadcasting in cooperation with the Brigham Young University Division of Continuing Education. Waiting for Guffman is a 1996 mockumentary. If you want a little hilarity in your life, you'll be well served by this lampoon by Christopher Gast, in which small town...